What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I used to work at an upscale restaurant owned by a large corporate entity that owns several different restaurant brands. I worked there for about three and a half years before they eventually fired me. More about that later. First, I want to give you an idea of my role there. My role at the job was a little bit of everything. Since the day I started working there, I took it upon myself to learn as much as possible. I was very persistent with the management that I wanted to learn a new department. I had to start as a server, but eventually I worked my way into different departments, including in job titles like carryout, hosting, bartending, bar backing, banquets, catering, and deliveries. My singular goal while working there was to make myself available for as many hours as possible. I was being paid about $12 an hour, though that fluctuated if I was being a bartender or a server making tips. Eventually, it was noticed by management how I fit best into the non-tipped positions. It was so good, and I was so good at it, they decided to try me out as an unofficial supervisor over the team that worked in carryout, catering, and deliveries, as well as all those that were in that same department. I knew this was going to be an ultimately mean a few less hours since I'd be working in one department, so I negotiated with the management to increase my pay by about $1.50 since I was taking on additional responsibilities. They were satisfied with the pay increase, and I wasn't trying to get as much money as possible. I just wanted to be able to pay bills and have a little money left over for fun. I live in the highly taxed city of Chicago, which already has high tech, highly taxed state of Illinois. So it was pretty difficult just to make ends meet and still live on money I needed to enjoy my life. I'm a person of simple pleasures. I can enjoy things for long periods of time, so it doesn't take money to be happy. A video game can hold my attention for months, years even. I had a family pet that I brought with me from to Chicago, and it counted as a small extra expense. Not long after I started this position as the unofficial supervisor, I got a girlfriend, so I was, and I was going out more often and going to eat and spending money on her. With my position and some smart budgeting, I was able to afford this. The money wasn't an issue, but management had a high turnover rate, so the incoming managers often did not know what the department entailed or how many important hours were to workers in these departments. Eventually, it was known that our current general manager was going to be fired and replaced. The incoming general manager was supposed to be some rock star when it came to improving restaurants. We looked up his name and found the first Google search result. It wasn't some glowing review of his worth ethic or his impeccable ability to improve the way a restaurant runs. It was actually a mugshot in a police report filed for repeated domestic abuse. This is important later. We'll call him Harvey. Shortly after Harvey came in and started making changes, one of our best managers gave her resignation. She refused to work with him, and like an oracle, told us to expect lots of sexual harassment, misogynistic comments, and for him to eventually run this place into the ground. Not long after she left, our general manager began replacing our current managers with hand-picked people that had worked with him in the past. Eventually, all but one manager was replaced. That manager was the kitchen manager, who we'll call Fredo. Fredo had been there since I started working there. It seemed to be something of a chameleon he was. 
as his values and ethics seemed to change depending on who was his boss. Honestly, I sort of applaud his survival instincts, but ultimately I see him as a suck-up and a traitor. Harvey never really replaced the manager in our department, so we ran with little oversight, with a lot of oversight. Unless you count me as the supervisor, we didn't consistently have someone breathing down our necks about how things should be done. Our department had some hiccups here and there, but it still ran really smoothly. Since we did not have our own manager, we often had to radio for a manager to come help us out on things that needed a manager card for approval. Fredo would always be the one on these manager calls since the kitchen was the closest to our department. Over time, the new team of managers started to see Fredo as the manager of our department as well. However, the hourly team that worked there still saw me as their supervisor. This meant that anytime Fredo was trying to make changes that would ultimately hurt us, the team relied on me to mitigate those disasters or negotiate with Fredo to let us do our jobs the way we had already proven worked really well. Over several months, Fredo and I would butt heads dozens of times. He and I were constantly arguing about how important hours were to the workers in our department, or he had his head in his head that we should be living off tips like servers, but since most of our orders were carry out, they came in through Grubhub, and Grubhub doesn't tip. We don't have a lot of deliveries in the day, tips from those may rack up to like $10 if we're lucky, but splitting $10 four ways doesn't add up to a lot. It just showed that Fredo had no clue what he was talking about. Eventually, we had our meeting with Harvey. Fredo and all the workers in this department was marked as our chance to voice our grievances and concerns with the changes they wanted to make with no chance of retaliation. So the workers did exactly that. They talked about how Fredo was trying to cut our hours even though he isn't our actual manager. When it was brought up that they were attempting to hire someone to be the manager, the team suggested that I take over since I had already been supervising them and running things smoothly for the past several months. I was also the one of the management consulted when writing schedules as I had an understanding of the days some workers could and couldn't work depending on their school schedules or family life. I could see at that moment it was suggested that Harvey and Fredo made the decision on the spot that I had to be gotten rid of. Although they didn't say it, I could see the look they gave each other and instinctively knew that my days in this place were numbered and my job was going to be getting the axe one way or another. They made a bunch of promises about not cutting hours, they told us they would stop sending all but one person home early and leaving one person to clean everything and close it by themselves. As this wasn't a small department, it was simply too much for one person to do alone while still meeting health and safety standards. The problem that whatever hours we were scheduled for, we would work. We weren't trying to be unreasonable, so we told them that we were usually have three to four people scheduled to work our department. They could cut two of them early, you're always need at least two people to close properly, that is. The problem was, the promise was made that they would always leave us two closers. However, only about a week later, they started sending all but one person home early again every night. The one person they tried to do it while we scheduled was the closer, and we had just returned from a massive catering event, there was an unbelievable amount of cleanup left to do for one person. When Fredo came in and tried to send everyone home except me, I stepped up and told him that he was constantly breaking the promise he had made for us during the meeting. He looked me square in the face and told me to stop complaining about it. And if I was going to keep trying to talk to him about without him breaking his promises, he could easily fill someone who would work my shifts. I quickly realized that this was an assassination attempt on my job. He wanted to press it farther, so I backed off and started cleaning. I ended up having to stay way late and meant overtime pay anyway. 
I got a write-up for that. And since we weren't allowed to work overtime without a manager's approval, when I refused to sign the write-up, pointing out that I had tried to explain to Fredo that I wouldn't be able to clean up all the stuff alone before my schedule shift ended, I was allowed to leave without signing the write-up, but only because the HR rep at the present time wasn't one of Harvey's cronies. Let's skip ahead to the day I was fired. It is important to note at this point that I always come into work an hour early. Since we lived in Chicago, food was expensive. However, at our job, we were allowed to have as much free soup and bread as we liked. So I would come into work an hour early every day so I could have some soup and bread for lunch before my shift. On this day, I walked to the kitchen to get myself some soup. One of the line cooks told me they had a dish that had been canceled after he cooked it, and Fredo had told him to give it to someone. He assured me Fredo had already comped it and it was free to take to whomever wanted it. It just so happened to be my favorite appetizer, so I happily took the free food. Not long after I got into my booth, Harvey and Fredo approached me and asked me if I had put in a ticket for that food. I told them that the line cook had given it to me as it was a canceled order and Fredo had already comped it. Fredo looked dumbfounded and he said he had no idea what I was talking about. So Harvey told me, I think you know that's theft. Go ahead and finish the food and then grab your stuff and go. That's the last meal you'll be having here. I tried to explain to him that I had been given this food by the line cook, but they refused to listen. So I offered to take them to the kitchen to clear it up with the cook. But by the time I had gone back to the kitchen with them to talk about the line cook, he had already gone home for the day. I had no choice but to gather my stuff, say my goodbyes, and head home. On my way out, I told my people working in my department that afternoon what happened, exactly as it happened. They were shocked, angry, and mostly sad to see me go. I decided that on my way out, I would stop by the accounting office and pick up any tips that had been dropped off for me that week just to make sure I didn't get screwed out of that money. Before heading down, I had the gut feeling to set my phone to record. I stuffed it into my pocket with the camera rolling. Although the video was already black since it was in my pocket, I did manage to get a pretty muffled recording of Harvey and Fredo's voices through the door, discussing how things had gone as planned, and they had been trying to get rid of me ever since the meeting with my department. I knocked on the door, and they hushed up before opening it. They asked what I was doing there, and I asked for my tips. They gathered what was in the safe and handed it over, despite my anger rising at what I had just heard. I decided not to burn this bridge just yet. Perhaps I could fucking nuke it later. I offered a handshake to both managers, thanked them for the opportunity to work there, and left. Making sure to put my phone out of my pocket and record the front of the restaurant with the sign showing its name and logo. Working in a restaurant, you learn to always cover your own ass. It's true in most jobs, but something is just telling me I would need this all later. If I was being accused of theft, I wanted to be able to prove it. If it wasn't true, and if it wasn't true, come up in future job interviews, which is exactly what happened and where this is all starting to go nuclear. On the train ride home, I had some messages and made some posts on local groups on Facebook saying that I had been fired and what looked like a job was looking for a job as quickly as possible. By the time I got off at my stop, I already had an interview set up for later that day. I was offered the job in about five minutes into the interview, but after going over the details, I didn't think it sounded right to me, so I turned it down. I interviewed a few other places and found one that seemed like a damn good fit, with a hefty pay increase compared to my previous job, and I wouldn't have to deal with customers. It was an auditing job for a logistics company. However, during the interview with the manager of this job, he mentioned he had already called my previous place of employment and was spoken with the general manager, Harvey. Harvey had told them that I had been fired for theft. Luckily for me, the manager I was interviewing with asked if he could tell me more about that. 
and he said he was willing to let me pull up my phone and find the recording. I asked it the voice in the video was the same as the one he spoke with. He said it was. That was confirmation enough for him that I hadn't made a fake video. He listened to the two managers in the video admit that they had set me up, watched the end, and when I showed the front of the restaurant, complete the logo and name. The manager interviewed me, who we'll call Dean, hired me immediately and asked to send him the recording. I did. I thought that was the end of it. About seven months later, after setting into this job quite nicely, HR sent out a welcome to our new team members email, which listed all the newest hires, some facts about them, and had pictures of them of them all. They sent these out every time they hired a new round of people. One of them, Thomas, was a former co-worker who worked with me at the restaurant. He had worked at the host stand together, and I was pretty glad to see someone I knew and liked coming into the team. I sought out his desk and went to say hello, asked why he had left the restaurant as well. He hadn't left willingly. He had been laid off because the company was under investigation and had started as a relatively small matter. The corporate entity that owned the restaurant chain had received an email that was attached to, that with an attached video, my video, that had been filmed from inside my pocket. That was cause enough for corporate to send someone to investigate internally. Thomas was pretty surprised that I had heard anything about it, since there had been numerous attempts to get in touch with me. As soon as he had said that, I logged into my old email that I had used when I first applied to the job at the restaurant and had at least two dozen emails asking me to come in to discuss my employment and termination. I never replied. I just didn't care enough anymore. I also changed my number since then, so they hadn't been able to contact me by phone. Thomas continued explaining that before corporate had sent someone, Harvey and Fredo had talked with my department and tried to offer them all a small pay increase to spin corporate a story about how I was incompetent at my job and failed to live up to my duties. The day corporate auditor showed up, there had been a small excess of people from my department. They quit on the spot in front of the lady from corporate, let's call her Audrey, and to make sure to read out Harvey and Fredo before leaving. Strike one for both of them. Strike two came a couple days after Aubrey showed up and showed Harvey and Fredo the recording that had kicked this all off. They denied it vehemently. There was no mistaking Harvey's voice, though. It's unique. Not only that, but the video also picked up their voice and mine. We shook hands and had a friendly parting of the ways, which was something they had already bragged about to Aubrey, thinking it made them look like look better that we parted on good terms. This wasn't the abstract two that came when it was clear they needed to be separated. So, Aubrey sent Fredo to work at another restaurant owned by our parent company and temporarily demoted Harvey to manager. This tore them apart. They had been an inseparable evil team, but the pressure of that investigation must have pushed them over the edge. They ended up at each other's throats. On Facebook, on public pages of the company, the post that had been deleted, but Thomas explained it as the following. Fredo had been pictured in the Facebook post at the restaurant page, and Harvey made a passive-aggressive comment about how Fredo shouldn't even be in the picture since he had been moved to another restaurant due to misconduct. Fredo saw this comment and said something along the lines of, at least when people Google my name, they don't. I don't show up as the guy who punched his wife. To which Harvey responded, very funny from the guy cheating on his wife with Janet's sister. Not a real name, but Janet is a girl they appoint to officially supervise my old department after they fired me, the unofficial supervisor. Fader replied by saying that, like you haven't tried with half the waitresses. They have stories about you trying to fuck them. The post was deleted, but not before 
it had been seen by Aubrey the auditor. This was the official strike two. Strike three came the next day when Aubrey started interviewing the female waitstaff and bartenders, seeing if any of them could confirm that Harvey had tried to make a move on them. All of them were interviewed separately. Several of them had similar stories. Every girl confirmed Harvey had made a move on them, and they all said they offered to be their sugar daddy if they would send nudes or stay long after closing to fool around with him. Harvey was fired, but that isn't the worst of it. Aubrey the owner wasn't just some random woman from corporate. She was the old regional manager from the area and had personally hired Harvey's wife as the general manager of another restaurant in the city. So she called up the restaurant Harvey's wife worked at and told Harvey's wife everything she had learned from the female waitstaff. We learned later they had gotten a divorce over him trying to cheat on her after she'd repeatedly given him a second chance to change after he had beat her. Yeah, in the face. I don't know what compelled her to give him a second chance after something like that, but sure she didn't give him a third. After firing Harvey, the line cook that had given me the food was interviewed by Aubrey. I don't know how it came up, but at some point he had let it slip that she was an illegal immigrant. She had his file in her hand, with an Illinois ID and social security number on file, so this confused her and she pressed him for more information. It turns out that Fredo had some connections and had his own miniature black market going on where he would have fake social security IDs and cards made for illegal immigrants he was hiring at reduced wages. It had been going on for at least four years. Needless to say, this is a felony. With the potential PR nightmare that she was most likely to deal with, she felt she had no choice but to alert the authorities. Local PD enlisted the help of the FBI since some of the evidence led them beyond the jurisdiction of the local police. Fredo was arrested and quickly gave up the names of people he had been working with and had sold social security cards and IDs to. I'm not sure if he gave up all of them, but he did name drop about 14 people, and of those 14, at least half were deported by the time Thomas had been let go. One of them was the line cook that gave me the food on the day I was fired. Thomas went on to explain that it all started with me being fired, but I never sent the recording to corporate. I'd only sent it to Dean when he hired me. I asked him about it, and he told me that he sent it to his wife, since she was a lawyer. She wanted to see if they had a case that I could sue my old job, since what they had done was wrong. But he also remembered that when we first had to talk about it, I had said I'm not the type of person who had tried to make millions off an entire company because of the mistakes of two assholes. But... I'd also said that'd be pretty sweet to see them lose their jobs, too. So, his wife had been the one who sent the legal team at corporate HQ of my old restaurant the video. My boss showed it to his wife, who forwarded to the real head honchos at my old job. They were both just trying to get two scumbags fired for what they did to me, but ended up pulling a thread so long that it didn't end until there was a sexual harassment accusations Revelations about managers cheating on their wives with girls related to people they had placed in positions of authority, a divorce, mass layoffs, pending investigations, a staff overhaul, an FBI investigation into what we consider black market dealings of falsified government documents issued, and at least half a dozen deportations and probably as many as 14. I don't know if this counts as nuclear revenge, but I didn't actively pursue it. But Thomas ended up showing me that even if it wasn't revenge, it was definitely nuclear, and the crater it had left was massive. This has been the best of our slash.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.